Artscape is produced on the traditional Coast Salish territories of the Songhees, the Kwangan-speaking peoples, and the Wasanich, Senchothan-speaking peoples. Artscape is a production of CFUV 101.9 in Victoria and is made possible with the generous support from the BC Arts Council. Now in its third season, Artscape seeks to investigate the diverse arts and culture landscape around us. This episode is produced by Mary Decker and explores the world of the clown. Trick your mind, trick reality. Just like a feeling, like it, just a force of energy or something. Uh, doing something that could be considered clinically insane. You're like, holy, what just happened? The trickery. It can be one of the most powerful, esoteric things not to try and do things right and perfect and by the book. Sometimes it feels like the real way in is like the trickery. <laughs> Where there is resistance, there is potential revelation. You don't go farther than you know how to get back, but you've got to be persistent, patient, and practice. Patience, persistence, and practice again and again and again over a period of time. You can do this. It almost seems like on the outside that you're bastardizing like the, the sacred, but you're actually like, I want to say to fool the universe, but you're actually almost fooling your your conscious mind in a way to allow you into the subconscious is some of what I think clowning teaches the access to the sacred through through the the ridiculous, the the taboo, the things that uh, shouldn't. It has to be an experiential thing in the sensational mind that you actually feel in the tissues. And there's no other way to do that than to actually meet the unknown and survive and come back alive a little bit. <laughs> and then go back out and come back alive and go, oh, oh. I, and then you've just expanded your set of possibilities. But our energetic system needs substantive practice <laughs> to become organically connected to that experience and bring that experience with innocence into a fluid relationship. Oh, the sirens are coming to get us. <laughs> we start talking like this and they, we, we draw the people with sirens. There's something there's emergency going on over here. Something's not normal. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a, like a, a Mad Hatter tea party. A bit of that loss of, of ego. Clowns. If you're like most, you're probably completely freaked out by them. Or you think they're just those red-nosed goons at children's birthday parties. I'm here to tell you otherwise. The art of clowning goes much deeper than you might think. I'm going to tell you about the parts of the clown universe that I think hold really great lessons about life, lessons that I really needed to learn. You'll hear from a clown teacher, a family of clowns, a care clown, and a friend of mine who studied clowning as part of her performance art practice. So, let me introduce some characters. Aubrey Burke was that last voice you heard. 
He's a musician, performer, and clown based in Victoria. Yeah, my name is Aubrey Burke. I am uh, from Victoria, BC, and grew up there. And I was born and raised into a, a clown family. Uh, my parents were clowns, tickles in family. And I started clowning when I was three and a half years old. And uh, just seemed normal. I am now 30 years old and I still clown. It's not necessarily my main avenue of expression these days but it's always a guiding force in um how i, I guess I, I see the world and the language that is surrounds my world is uh, definitely influenced by a clown and yet to this day i feel like i'm still just scratching the surface of what clown really is david mcmurray smith was the second voice he's a clown teacher a longtime clown and founder of Fantastic Space, a clown school in Vancouver. Hello. Thank you. Sorry, my ferry was a little late. Oh, no worries. You know about that. I do. It's unpredictable. Let's go in here. Uh, my name is David McMurray Smith, and um, one of the things I do, or I think probably now, I think. Everything I do is uh, working with the concept of clown uh, in all teaching that I do. So the clown course uh, I teach uh, the, is a 12-week, 186-hour introduction to clownology. You may be wondering, how can clowning possibly teach me anything about life? Well, if you're anything like me... You might overanalyze things, obsess about inconsequential stuff. You might be self-conscious sometimes or judgmental. You might be stuck in a singular way of thinking and be missing out on the bigger picture. You might let the image you have of yourself define what you do or prevent you from making connections with other people. Or maybe that's just me. You decide. In any case, clown practice can draw us out of some of these regular human trappings. I've been able to apply a lot of the lessons I've learned from clowns to my own life, and maybe you can too. The goal, of course, is not to be in clown when you're trying to do your life, but to take some of the core parts of the clown and let them inform your life, to open up more possibilities and release the idea of control. And there's a lot to learn, so please come and buckle up, because we're going into the realm of the subconscious, into the unknown, to find ourselves, to find each other, that's where the clown plays. This is going to take a little bit of setup, but it's art. Art is art. So, some background on clowns. They've existed in one form or another in nearly every civilization since ancient Egypt. Allegiant to no one, clowns have always been close to power, close by virtue of being the entertainers of the ruling class or by being the mirror through which we can see the social order, satirizing the way things run. The clown pokes holes in stuffy attitudes, breaks arbitrary rules, mocks power, and is a reminder to us all that everything is not as serious as we think it is. First, the unknown. There is a perspective that the clown must embody, to act on impulse, to be creative, and to be open enough to really see the world. And it's not easy to get there. It takes a lot of mental acrobatics. The state of mind of the clown is pure, uninhibited. I told David that my state of mind is not like that at all. 
and that acting solely on impulse seems scary and uncomfortable. Because pretend and image are bridges to possibilities. Say to folks, you're going to practice here uh, doing something that could be considered clinically insane. And that's to take committed action without reflection first. And that's essentially almost impossible. An important intention is to, in all the work, is to relax our pre-visualization of what's going to happen uh, and meet how we negotiate that and what kinds of questions about that uncomfortable place you're talking about, how that comes up in us, gently and mindfully, but consistently in men from many angles, so that we begin to see that we do have this inherent skill to meet the unknown, which is a scary thing to do because that, that means you're not... Uh, you're relaxing in your rigors about upholding an identity and playing within the notion that you know, I, I describe it as identity as a verb, not a noun, that it is an evolving event. Uh, and I often I say in most of the beginning of my classes you know, that um, gently caressing the side of my cheek in a lovingly manner, I'm very becoming. <laughs> I just don't know what yet. We just are in a process. Relaxing your notion of what's going to happen means abandoning your personal agenda, which I find especially challenging, because that means that when you're in clown, you're just reacting to the world around you, rather than following some set rules. My name is Allison Waters, and I'm a performance artist and visual artist living in Vancouver, British Columbia. I also talked to my friend Allison about this, who did a clown workshop at Instant Theatre in Vancouver. It's your impulse is really at the base of it. And the clown class that I took, the majority of it was spent um, doing different exercises where we could really try and get in touch with our, with our impulses and to not think about what we're doing, to just actually do. She told me about one of these exercises. Each clown student was blindfolded and told to locate a water bottle that was placed somewhere on the floor of the room. I was standing there and I just felt something pull me to the right. And I just followed it. Like I was dancing, I felt like. And then I didn't feel it anymore, so I stopped. And I waited. And in my mind, I saw this kind of tornado thing <laughs> ahead of me. Just like a feeling, like it, just a force of energy or something. And I, I wondered for a second, like, is that the water bottle? Is that what I'm supposed to pick up? It's like, well, I'm not getting anything else, so that must be it. So I took two steps forward, bent down, and picked up the water bottle. And it was just there. Spooky, right? But you can't just conjure that ability up in yourself. It's elusive. It defies definition. You probably also know, if you've ever tried to meditate, that you can't just tell yourself to stop thinking. You have to take it further. Here's Aubrey again. If you look at it straight on, it kind of like, it vanishes it. But you kind of have to look at it out of your peripheral vision. You can't like quite like look at it directly or else it will vamoose. And I feel like comedy and clowning uh, are kind of similar to that. You have to get into a subconscious place where you don't really realize what's going on. And I think some of the truest clowning that I've done is like, 
a walk off stage and it feels very dr dreamlike like you get off from your turn or your act and you're like holy what just happened like you don't actually really quite remember what went down because it was like it wasn't a place where the mind is it's like a little bit beyond that but to say like what is the part that um that I like is the clown it's um yeah it's it like you were saying before it's the unknown it's hard to actually put your finger on it because as soon as you see, feel like you put the finger on it um it's like disappears yeah. So you kind of have to hit it with poetry in a way. I tend to get caught up in words, but the words about getting into this mindset are not the point, which is why it's sort of hard to articulate. But what we're getting at is that your conscious mind can't be in control of your clown. I feel like akin and connected to that backwards mentality. And I feel, as I was saying before, that um, sometimes to access the unknown, you have to like trick your mind trick reality and it might come off like crazy or lewd or vulgar and you might think how could that be an expression of um like whatever you would want to call it but in this case maybe the divine is like how can you express the divine in this like wretched way but sometimes i feel like to get the glimmer of um the epiphany and and like the glimmer of light and hope sometimes that um that shadow has to be expressed and i feel like that in my own life um yeah if times when i'm not suppressing uh the those things and yet letting just them be and flow through and accessing um like potential through that when we stick to where we are safe to what we know it limits us to the path that we're already on. But when we follow our gut, explore beyond what feels comfortable, we open up an entirely new world where we can be creative in a new way. This is David. And we forget that creation, in my opinion anyway, creation comes when you meet the unknown. You, that's where you meet your ability to create. You can be inventive in the frameworks of uh, what you do know and rearrange things that you do know uh, intentionally and be incredibly inventive and both are great skills but the, un but the creativity demands that you meet the unknown. So the value of doing this dance in the liminal space beyond your consciousness is that it opens us up so we can see more clearly and not get tripped up on expectations, social constructions and the rules. I believe strongly that every uh, every psychotherapist, every counselor, every psychologist, uh, every social worker, people in general, but that should be a good clown because they have to be able to dance in possibilities and they have to be able to listen across their self-concerns to see an other and they have to create an environment where it's safe for the other to relax. So it's a pretty big range of of connection to yourself as a human being so that when you perform yourself as a human being with others and invite them to relax and be a human being with you can take all kinds of uh, forms. It can take a very, um, very childish or childish and, and childlike form um, or infantile even <laughs> and still be very profound when people 
let go of that uh, image management. What mask are you wearing as you go into an experience? And what mask does that experience actually give you? And this brings you to my next major point, which is that releasing the idea you have of yourself, of what you should do, of how you should be doing it, can bring you into your true self. And that is what the clown does. The clown expresses the heart. The clown lets go of socialized behavior, performed identity, because these things can conceal our humanity. Clowning is a practice of letting ourselves out. Here's David. Because we're always projecting on each other all the time. We just do it. (laughs) And when that is acknowledged and played within, uh, we can relax the idea that we have to hide, that we actually do that with one another. That there's something that, that as we relax the masks that are hiding ourselves, we can wear the masks that are revealing ourselves and recognize that even when we're wearing a mask that's hiding, that we're using to hide, all it is doing is filtering things that aren't necessary in the moment, that we don't need, or we, you know, and for one reason or another. But if we're using them to hide, then, we, then we're not relaxed. And the quality of our presence about acknowledging ourselves as human beings isn't there. It can be a lot of work to perform an identity all the time, especially if you're not even aware that you're doing it. Connecting to your innocence is huge here because it opens the path of learning. I like to appear that I know exactly what I'm doing, at all times. So innocence is kind of a hurdle for me. But that's just part of my image management that I can learn to release. The human being is at the center, and the clown is about releasing people, about helping them break free from the rigors of the institutional perspectives of experience that they develop. and forget that their innocence is still a major part of their being and is still influencing everything but can't necessarily get their foot in the door as strongly because of these powerful images and institutions of perspective and behavior that we align ourselves with and then identify with so strongly that they, t- they overtake us and we actually begin to atrophy or shut down uh, the openness with which we can approach life and, and recognize uh, what the images we're creating are. Uh, and I think most clowns would acknowledge that there's a core of, of heart-centeredness in it, which doesn't mean it softens the challenge of meeting yourself and the negotiations for more paths of permission to be uh, opened again with the uh, connection to our innocence. Acceptance. We're talking about accepting yourself, your shortcomings, other people's shortcomings, failure. But within all of that, the clown teaches that there is room to play, that not resisting those natural parts of life gives you great power. And so this notion of the gut, you know, feeling it in your gut, feeling it in your your emotional, your heart, having these, it's the whole kit and caboodle. We all got life. We all got the sentence of life if we're talking to one another, if we're experiencing one another. What what did you think it was? What do you think it should be? What are you arguing with? What's the resistance you have to meeting life on its terms because that's the terms that you signed in on even if you don't think you did? It's, you know, you got life. I tell the students, I don't, my, my own daughter, you know, I, as an infant, we had, a, had her in this little, little pajama outfit and it, and it was white and striped with pink. 
pink and white stripes, and it just looked all of a sudden like you know a little pink and white striped convict in the old convict. <laughs> like, and it was whack, whack for me. It was like, yeah, you got life. That's your sentence. And I know you can't simply shut out your internal monologue of critical thoughts. I know I can't. But I've learned that I can engage with it, acknowledge self-consciousness and other unsavory thoughts as they come up, and play with it. So it's never what the clown what the clown does, it's how the clown does it. It can be anything. Anything could be revealing for an individual. It's, it's just how are we using it and how is it using us? Here's Allison again. And the first time that I fully got into clown, you actually, in your mind, you leave planet Earth and you go to planet clown and put on my nose and turned around and looked at everybody and the instructor asked me what my name was. I was like, oh, Donald! Like, it was just, of course, that was always my name. And it just fit and it felt comfortable. And that, yeah, that first experience was just so enlightening and free and I felt just so able to do anything. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of my uncertainty and insecurity and all the problems that I have in in my life would probably be easier to confront or solved somehow because I would be getting to the essence of of who I am really like deep down inside without thinking about it without constructing anything what's actually there I think would would just be so much more accessible another introduction here I also caught up with Aubrey's mom Jennifer Burke also known as Tickles the Clown of Tickles and Family also based in Victoria I ran into her at a music festival we were both at, so you might hear some of that happening in the background. Sure, my name is Jennifer Burke, and I am a clown, also known as Tickles the Clown. I've been clowning for three decades, and um, I'm married to a clown. (laughs) And that's how we raised our family of three children. And uh, now we have two granddaughters that are clowning with us, so three generations later. I asked Jennifer about the part of herself that she's accessing when she goes into clown. Right, I believe it's kind of my inner self, my inner being. Um, and in clown world, it just sort of gives you that license to bring it out without um, holding back. So it's not necessarily hiding behind the mask or the makeup, but just tapping into what's already there and personifying it. And as Jennifer says, getting in touch with this inner self can be healing. It's funny because I've been doing it for 30 years. So um, what happens is as soon as I just start putting on the clown makeup and start getting ready, um, it doesn't matter what's happening in my life. There can be those down moments that you know, you're experiencing. But as soon as I start putting on the clown face, it, it just goes into a higher state or a lighter um, feel. And so I really feel like I'm tapping into my heart. And um, it just sort of opens up a lot of love 
And so it's healing for me as well as <clears throat> those that I might come across. So. Clowns mirror us, show us how we are. And so things like grief and sadness are all within their range of expressions. As a clown, you sort of let go of those principles of what we should or should not do. And so the clown is allowed to sort of break the rules. And as long as nobody's getting hurt, of course, and in the, in the art of having fun. One of the things the clown is tapping into is that, yes, we're not perfect. And we sort of try to <clears throat> grab onto those imperfections. And by showing them or laughing at them, just sort of um, makes it easier or more accepting. It just helps with uh, life's philosophy rather than taking things too seriously or getting so uptight about how it should be, just being a lot more flexible to allowing the universe to sort of flow through and, um, yeah, just don't get so undone about, about it not working out because maybe there's a, a reason for it or a master plan ahead. <laughs> so don't take it too seriously, kids. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> Fun. Sounds easy coming from Tickles the Clown, but it's profound emotional work. Here's Aubrey. Because I feel like it is so close to truth when you access a good performance or like a very turned on performance. I couldn't imagine it being anything other than in the core of you because it's so real. It's so vivid. It's so immaculate. It's so like feeling like psychedelic transcendental and you like come out of it and you're like, whoa, how is that even earthly consciousness? So I'd have to say that it, uh, whatever it is, it feels closer to the, the core of you than some entity that flows through you um, in different ways. And though, I don't know, the duality of the world, I feel like these characters that do flow through you, they do seem like, who is that? That wasn't me. Like, So sometimes they can just be maybe potentially such foreign uh, agencies of self that um, that you're able to access for in a quick moment or a longer moment. Maybe you play with this character for years and you come out of it and you're like, wow, I could never do that on the street, everyday life. Like, that's very unlike me. And, but I think it is the a bit of that loss of, of ego and the, the personal mask that we don't know we're wearing. It's like, how do I look? What do I put on today? Walk out the door and you're that kind of like fades into the back while you are free to create this brand new world and character that can flow through you. All of this is a process, and communing with your inner self is going to look different for different people. You don't have to be a certain kind of person to become a clown. You just have to be open to taking that plunge and seeing what happens. It's phenomenal because even if you're like, ah, I'm not a clown, um, the kind of subconscious work that you do through mask work and you do through clown training can really open a whole new world to reality and I think that I like I'd highly advise it to anyone like I say even if you're like I don't feel like I'm a clown I don't think I'm funny well yeah it's not really about that like uh, you don't have to be funny to be a clown uh, and also just like following like closing your eyes and following the body and the motions and the sounds and the colors um, is all like just a vital component to being in touch with that child self, being in touch with the, 
creative energy or the creator that um, I think that is often um, forgotten in our contemporary society and this um, day and age that we are in I think is a is a bit of a renaissance and a revival of as we speed into the the light ages to um, also remember our deep uh, traditions and pasts and esoterics and our clowning and I've again been performing all my life it's still hard for me in a lot of ways until I'm just kind of like pushed onto the stage and then it's like well okay gotta commit and you just like start rolling through it and uh, the v vitality of like importance of keep going like if, 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 if even if you like get hung up or freeze or you're not feeling funny just to like express that and play with that and let the audience into that and keep going. I have a lot of work to do to be able to reach my true uninhibited self. Tricking your mind is harder than it sounds, but I'm attached to this idea because relaxing the image management that I do can open up space for others to do the same. It creates a safe environment for two people to relax all that identity stuff and just be present. Here's David again. The way in which they live their lives, the way in which they practice uh, a way of being, if it gets into their body and into their system and they have that experiential knowledge in the whole body, in the whole mind, the whole system, it will influence how they reach and connect and gradually subvert others into an appreciation of that approach as well. So it's a, it's, it's a subversive thing and clowns have, are uh, historically subversive entities. Subverting others, drawing them into the clown fold. It creates a special atmosphere that can only exist when we're revealing ourselves. This is the point in our program where we change the focus from our personal selves and look outward at each other. So the work is about a process of evolving as a human being and communicating across the sense of self to an other so that the... the I and the you, or the me and the you, can appreciate the development of a, of a genuine we between us, which is a fantastic space where we can relate across this barrier of uh, challenging identity complexes that we hold and project on each other, uh, and, re and recognize and acknowledge these things, recognize we are doing that right now here and now in the present moment, even as we are pretending in this world that I'm pretending and inviting you to play with me. Incidentally, I was at a different festival earlier in the summer, and I happened upon a clown who took David's class and who told me about something called the seven levels of knowing. It creates this level of safety between two people because both people are recognizing their humanity in each other, recognizing that they know what's really going on, so it's okay to be silly and to express yourself seven levels deep. That's the being with one another and the acknowledgement of being with one another in the present moment. Uh, and it's a joke, of course, seven levels of knowing, but I know that you know, that I know, you know, I know, you know, I know. It's like having a real close friend. You know, you're, you're really, there's something that, that we as human beings do seem to know that it's unique in your experience, but what I'm presenting is going to, that, you know, uh, is going to trigger your, yourself to recognize, even unconsciously, recognize in re your own experience. 
And when we can both relax and laugh and cry about the experiences that human nature have and know that we are doing that together, so there's an acknowledgement of being human together, is huge. It's hu That's why friendships and intimacies are so cherished. In that moment, when someone reacts to something that a clown has done, something incredible happens. In their reaction, they didn't first think, will I look cool if I gasp in surprise? They just did it. And in that moment, people were real with each other. They shared a genuine human experience. David calls it equalizing the room. Uh, and when you can do that with a group of people who are in an audience who you don't even know, that's a wonder and a wonderful value that, that the clown facilitator can bring uh, to the moments of time that that can be because then that's an experiential, holistic experiential acknowledgement of being human. Uh, as, soon as, as soon as that experience happens, uh, I say for folks, you know, one, we have to equalize the room for intimacy to happen because conversation, which is what we're doing, we're having a conversation is unpredictable. Uh, so we're in a process of trying to reach a safety level uh, and a place where that relaxation can occur <clears throat> and we can acknowledge and relax our identity concerns and, and actually see through and say, oh, I, I, I know you know that I you know that you know and so forth. And, and we create what, even more recently now, the, the terminology that's come up because uh, it keeps evolving is the weeness between us, <laughs> that <clears throat> there is a we-ness that happens when that happens, when, when we do know and each other, oh, I know you know, and that I know you know, etc., uh, because there is a sense of we in that that is neither you or me. It takes both of us. And in that we, it's an evolving thing of, of all these playing games with the identifications that we're having together. Oh, do you know about that? Oh, I know about that. Oh, I, oh, you do too? Oh yeah, I can see that you're reacting. And anything an audience reacts to, they're reacting to something in themselves that they know. And what is on stage has triggered that sense of their knowing, even if it's not conscious. They understand something about basic human nature that, is, that has uh, been revealed in themselves about themselves. It is very much about creating an environment where people feel free to express and to discover and explore. And this is not confined to just clowning. We can bring the fantastic space into our lives, into our relationships. The clown can get more and more conscious about being, becoming a, a facilitator for others to do that same thing with them while they are on stage communicating and creating a fantastic space together for that to happen, a, a safe space that people feel safe in. And the quality of presence of, an of a body that has done that and knows that in its tissues, not just in a thought or, or form, but in the very nature of play itself, of engaging in the clown's activity of being, uh, which is far beyond the red nose. <laughs> David and I talked a lot about the state of consciousness the clown has to be in to create what he calls the fantastic space between people. It's gotta be strong enough to be that the engine is on. And it's not that it is ever off, but to awaken it up with consciousness more, to, to an awareness now that, uh, that we can have some right of choice with, and encourage 
um, a greater presence within it, which we can then bring on stage <laughs> or into our lives. And when that's with others, they can begin to feel that, hey, I know something that you know that I know and you know that I know, and that intimacy equalizes you know, that equal is, there's a sense of equality in it that allows an intimacy of communication to happen, a greater dimension of that, because we're safe to. And the clowns present a lot of, of things like, uh, one of the core is discoveries, that when they discover something and the audience discovers it with them, everybody in the room is equalized at that moment. We all just discovered something. And we reacted and acknowledged that we discovered something. Or reacted, and we did, and we know we did and we acknowledge that we did. Those moments build, you know, um, and they build a sense of equality, and that equality lays the foundation for intimacy, and that intimacy increases the, the capacity for our, our willingness to share because we feel safe to do it to that degree of intimacy and get deeper into the connections that we do have that lie within us beneath the particularities of our experiences. I never imagined that clowns had anything to do with intimacy and connection, but it's a huge part of clown practice, and that is why there are care clowns. Well, I was, you know, I was born in a packing case in a uh, novelty store. And, no, wait a minute. I'm sorry. that That's not true. I, I wasn't born in a packing case in a novelty store. It was in a packing case in a hospital. That's where I was. My name is Jim Ricks, and I am a clown. Care clown, regular clown, and part of a troupe called the Sunshine Clowns. Jim and the Sunshine Clowns go to different care facilities around Victoria and interact with the residents there. We don't go into facilities to change people's lives, but for the moments that we're there, I think it very often does change their life. It brings them out of their solitariness, it brings them out of their confusion and, or maybe just their being stuck on watching TV. And it gives them an opportunity to interact in a different kind of way. When I asked Jim about connecting with the audience or the people he meets at care facilities, he, like David, says it goes beyond the red nose. Uh, you put the red nose on and the, the gear on and you're, that puts you into it, too, of course. There you are. I think the other thing is you walk in in front of an audience. And by the way, I have to say that, that I'm, I'm in clown a lot of times, actually, without the red nose. <laughs> I mean, I just, just funny stuff occurs to me. And I, supermarket checkout lines, one of my favorite performing venues. <laughs> Man, look at that stuff. You've got a party on tonight, don't you? Could I come? You know, I'm not doing anything tonight. <laughs> I like to engage people in, in jokey narratives or suggest really preposterous things to them, you know. And just out of the blue. And it's very funny how you can engage people in playing along. I mean, they, they may be startled by it. And, and sometimes they're just right there. So I think the, sometimes the clown runs me. I don't run the clown. <laughs> Clowning is performance, of course, but it relies on the connection you're making with people and the connection you have to yourself, which is a lot like life. It brings the focus back to being present, 
bearing your true self. If you're if you're busy trying to get it right and follow the steps and stuff, you're not that relaxed. You're not that funny for one thing. So you've got to you've got to be in a in a comfortable state of mind about delivering a show so that you can allow yourself to to look at the audience and really see them and not just stare at them or look in their direction. Uh, but you can interact and you you're 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 in a place where you can allow the funny stuff to emerge uh, and not just the stuff that you'd planned, but the other stuff as well. If you if you are busy performing, then even if you're pretty good and, and you're, you know, you're doing some funny things, but if you're not really totally connected, the audience is, for, they're going to not feel like it's that interesting, I think. Last introduction. This is Yowza the Clown. And just to connect the dots here, Yowza is Tickles the Clown's husband and Aubrey the Clown's father. Tickles and family representing here. Well, my name's Ron Burke, and I'm Yowza the Clown, and I'm the clown that married Tickles. I think, I think there's, there's uh, uh, a sense here that I'm, I'm getting that we're walking around what's, what's happening, and I think it's, it's, it's something that affects people uh, right to the core. And I want to give you an example here. Now, I'm going to share this story Yowza told me. Yowza and Tickles also do care clowning in Victoria. I have not verified the medical particulars of this tale, but I invite you to see it as part of clown magic. Indulge yourself. I will. A lady whose name was Joanne, and she she was was a lady that had uh, uh, congenital problems. She she was uh, uh, compromised physically and mentally, and and she was run downhill. Uh, she fell in love with Tickles, and uh, we would visit her often in her, in her care home. Uh, we were told that she, her body was uh, rejecting her kidney and livers, and they need to operate, and asked, asked Tickles to come and see her, which she did. And uh, after the operation, the lady went into a coma, and, and, uh, and Tickles went to visit her before she passed. And, and as she started talking and, and playing her concertina, the lady came out of a coma that she'd been in for about nine days and started whispering Tickle's name. And, and her eyes fluttered open and she was in love with her Tickles who came to see her in the hospital. And they, uh, she got better and she, she actually went home to her, to her uh, to her uh, care facility, and and she she did pass about a, a week and a half later, but just the presence of tickles for this lady was enough to draw her out of a coma that had been about eight or nine days, and uh, and it was that that uh, magnetism, and there there is a very real effect and the costume in, in a way kind of puts aside a person's uh, mental, uh, uh, judgmental sort of thing and they just relate as a, as a, a person, as a soul and they, they feel the, the, the love and they respond just as Joanne did for Pickles.
clown magic. It's a special place we're talking about. Intimate acknowledgement of each other's humanity. We depend on each other to see it. To make safe spaces for each other where we can relax the ideas we have of ourselves and just relate. I can relax my sense of identity and do that collectively with other people so that we can all just be human together. Why is that valuable? I think that in this world of social conventions and gender expectations, made-up rules that keep us in line, remembering our real human selves and our ability to express that and connect to one another is an entirely new form of progress. And I think it's the right kind of progress. And so we've come, as you'll no doubt recall, from delving into our unknown subconscious to expand our capacity for creativity and clarity, from exposing our true selves and expressing all that that is to each other and creating a safe, equalized space where we can play, heal, and express. And that, my friends, is going far beyond the red nose. And that is the clown. Right to the core. That shadow has to be expressed. It's, you know, you got life. Feeling like psychedelic, transcendental. Uh, uh, genuine we between us. So able to do anything. Which is a scary thing to do. The ridiculous. Sometimes the clown runs me. I don't run the clown. If I know that you know, that I know you know, I know you know I know. Bring it out without um, holding back. Really see them. Creation comes when you meet the unknown. Very often does change their life. To see an other. It just goes into a higher state. Which is far beyond the red nose. <laughs> just not always easy. Amen. <sighs> Infinite thanks to everyone who agreed to participate in this project. Aubrey Burke, Jennifer Burke, Ron Burke, David McMurray-Smith, Allison Waters, and Jim Ricks. Executive producer Katie Sage, produced by Mary Decker. And don't forget to subscribe to Artscape on iTunes and leave us a rating. A good one preferably. Artscape has been made possible with the generous support from the BC Arts Council.